Hello, everyone. Hello. My name is Matt Aramondo. And I'm Emily Riggins. And this is TBD. With Matt and Emily. Hello. Hello. I'm trying to get a little more sing-songy in my voice. I'm going to be more interesting in the future. <laughs> Welcome to another week of TBD, the podcast about tea and friendship. Wait a second, Matt. I don't understand. What is this podcast about? Oh, my God. Matt, I truly, I don't understand. I just gave you the slogan. <laughs> don't you know everything from the slogan? Matt. Explain what this podcast is. Okay. To em- me, <clears throat> a dumb idiot. Emily, my dumb idiot friend, you and I are friends. Let's shake on it. We're shaking hands. We kind of can't really. We shook with the wrong hand. We're though. a little far. I could, def- I, there's no way I'd get to you with my right hand. I'm turned. Look how I'm turned. I can't do it. No, I can do left to right. That's, that's about the same. Okay. Anyways, we shook hands. I did both of them with my left hand. Emily did one each with her each hand. <laughs> so we shook twice. I'm sitting in a way <laughs> where my right arm is farther from Emily than my left arm. Mm-hmm. Emily is sitting in a way where both her arms are equally dis- equidistant from me. So it doesn't matter which arm she uses, but it does matter which arm I use. None of this is helpful oh, to me, the dumb idiot who doesn't understand what this no, podcast is. No, this is what the podcast is about. Okay. <laughs> okay, Emily and I are friends. This much is true. <laughs> That's why we can tease each, other, tease each other so much, because we are friends. That's true. Would I tease my enemy? Yeah, I would. I probably would also tease my enemy, but we do it in a more oh, fun way. <laughs> or no, because this is a fun tease. Okay. Um, I would only tease my enemy if I had a friend there to laugh at the teasing. I don't have a friend here to laugh at the teasing. <laughs> Just you, my friend, who's laughing at the... Whatever. <sighs> this is a t- podcast about tea and friendship. So, Emily's my friend. She's here. We've, we've Emily, gathered. Emily's my friend. I'm Emily's friend. We're both friends to each other. It okay. is a mutual thing. We are also drinking tea. Tea and friendship. The drink. We brewed up some tea. We'll get to that later. We'll talk about the tea in a bit. Uh, Okay. Tea, friendship, uh, topics. That's the other thing this is about. Uh, We don't have a guest this week. That's a big spoiler for you you all at home. There's no guest. You're never going to hear a guest on this particular episode. Mm -hmm. So Emily brought a topic. We'll call that, for now, we'll call it the mini topic. Mini top. It'll go first. It'll be shorter than my topic, which will be the the big topic. The, the main big top. The, the main, circus. Main topic? I don't know. The circus. The big top. So we got a couple of topics we're going to talk about. I don't know Emily's topic. Mm-mm. Emily doesn't know mine. He would not tell me. So now that I've given you a bulleted list of what this podcast is about, let me tell you the name of it is TBD, like the beverage tea, BD, like be determined, because we are drinking tea and the topics will be determined later. TBD. Excellent Welcome. description. I'm having fun. Uh, but the most important thing is that we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> and we shake hands. Um, that's everything, right? I think so. So every week we have, we usually, we have every other, every third episode, there's no guest. No guest this week. Yeah. We just did two episodes with guests. Two, uh, two guests named Matt, I should add, Ugh. which is my name. And I couldn't get either of them to replace you. No, not yet. Um, you got to offer them a salary or something. <laughs> Um, I wonder, okay, I wonder how many people, if you asked, would want to replace me. Like, if if, if I was to leave the podcast, which I'm not going to, oh, but if I was. We'll see about that. <laughs> at least trying to bully me out. <laughs> I wonder how many people, I wonder how many people would say yes or how many people would say no to you. If you asked everyone you knew, 
I mean, everyone you knew reasonably well enough. If you if you were like, do you want to do a podcast about tea with me? How many people would say yes and how many people would say no? Um, I bet everyone I asked would say yes. You think so? <laughs> um, I bet uh, two people would say yes. <laughs> I would love to know who those two people of are. Of all the people you would know. <laughs> um, I think a couple of people that like tea a lot. I think I think a couple of our friends who like tea a lot would be into it. Okay. Although it's a commitment. We've done 90... Who would you ask to replace me? Six, seven episodes of this? Um, I would just do it by myself. <laughs> um, I think if... Well, yeah, if you were like, I'm quitting, I'd be like, all right, I guess I'll keep it going with <laughs> just no... This, I would just not do alone episodes anymore. That would be weird. <laughs> but also, you couldn't say TBD with Matt and Emily, which rhymes. You would just say TBD with Matt. I would... And uh, guest. Uh, TBD with Matt and a friend of Lee. No. <laughs> a friend named Lee? I got to find a friend named Lee. <laughs> I do have a couple of uh, friends, acquaintances named Lee. I could make them better friends. <laughs> I feel like we became better friends through this podcast. That's true. This is a training ground for being friends. <laughs> if you ever, if you want to be friendlier with somebody, you should host a podcast with them. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to cross-stitch that on my pillow. <laughs> please do. Right after you cross-stitch the thing I said, Facebook is evil or something. I don't remember. Something about Facebook to <laughs> you. That's a private... That's that's something I privately said to you. <laughs> um, okay. Should we talk about some tea, maybe? <laughs> tea talk, tea talk, tea talk, tea talk, tea talk tea talk tea talk tea talk tea talk listeners i want you guys to know that i continued that because matt made a very exaggerated sigh (laughs) and i knew it would annoy i was ready to go i was ready to start talking about this segment so this is the part where we talk about tea (laughs) we're talking tea today we'll talk tea for a little bit then we'll talk about those topics let's talk about this tea though this tea it is a it's a new tea it's a new tea brand new brand baby although it's not new to me i've had this tea for quite some time new to me new to the cast this is from the fava tea company um i actually meant to look up exactly where this place was but i will look it up while matt is talking at some point. <laughs> can you hand me the tea thing and i'll just talk i, I can intro it while you look some stuff up uh fava tea company fava tea.com we are drinking this is an herbal tea we got no caffeine in this bad boy um it is called cinnamon plum and we've got one of these uh labels where they they must print a m- bunch of these labels out and they hand wrote on it i really appreciated that the uh like they checked off herbal they hand wrote the word cinnamon plum they wrote the number one because there's one ounce in this bag i have no idea how many ounces this bag could potentially hold but it's got started off with one uh what temperature did we boil this at well 212 boiling boiling was the water temp how long do we steep it for four minutes uh checked off no caffeine uh refill with the same tea bag emily and you would get nine cents back oh i know so speaking of refilling that bag this bag this tea is from wisconsin and it was gifted to be by my cousin jeremy talbot shouts to jeremy of talbot's the clothing store um no they only use one tea I'm pretty sure Talbot has two, I think. What? 
Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's a different Talbot. Um, but Jeremy Talbot brought this for me for Christmas last year. It's my T. One it's T or one L? What are you saying? One T. Doesn't Talbots have two T's or does it have two L's? Oh, at the end, it has two L's in the middle, I think. Or, or well, no, it has one L. One T A L B O T S. I, on I don't know. I've never <laughs> shopped at a Talbots. I've only seen them in malls or wherever. Anyways, they are. it doesn't matter. This T is from Wisconsin, um, so we, I cannot take it to go get nine is there, cents back. Is there cheese in it? Yes, wow. a lot of curds. Thanks, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, that that's what I was looking up to make sure. There was three locations you can buy it from in Wisconsin, but. They're all in Wisconsin. They're all in Wisconsin. They all put cheese in their tea. Yes. Wait, have you ever had a cheese tea? This is a real thing. No. It's good. Uh, I've been, there's a place in the Lower East Side, East Village maybe. They sell cheese tea and it's weird, but I liked it a lot. I, I have to, I have to know more information. Okay. Let's go sometime. Okay. I'll put it on my list. <laughs> um, the smell of this tea will remind you of fresh cranberry sauce on the stovetop. You can almost... Smell the tartness of the cranberries melding with the various spices. Brewing, wait, is this the right tea? No, cinnamon plum. Cinnamon plum tastes like cranberry sauce. (laughs) Brewing to a rich burgundy liqueur, this warming, welcoming tea starts with a tart, yeah, starts with a tart plum berry flavor with hints of hibiscus, changing to a sweeter cinnamon spice flavor. This caffeine-free blend balances out really nicely producing a full body body tea with rich deep flavors that set it apart from the rest this is a truly remember memorable unique tea perfect for days with chill in the air wow i'm yawning <laughs> ingredients organic cinnamon organic and fair trade certified hibiscus flowers organic currants organic liquor licorice root natural plum flavor gotta say they spent a lot of time talking about cran- cranberries in that description no cranberries at all what I'm getting from this is that cinnamon plus plum equal cranberry, <laughs> uh, or hibiscus too. That's kind of hibiscus is a little tart. Yeah, those tart flowers. That sounded like a derogatory term. <laughs> You're a tart flower. <laughs> hey, that's rude. I'm leaving. <laughs> you tart flower, you. <laughs> Finish this podcast by yourself. You remind me of cranberries. You tart flower. <laughs> We're having fun. Uh, Do you think this tastes like cranberries? I don't know. I haven't had a sip yet. Uh, take a sip. Do you think it tastes like cranberries? Um, I don't actually. I'm not that familiar with um, cranberries. Wait, what does that mean? Well, like I'm trying to think of all the times I've had like just cranberry sauce on its own. Is it not a ton? It's like three times. <laughs> what? I'm not from. What cranberry town? <laughs> not from cranberry town. Um, I am from. Oh well, is it Wisconsin? Oh, Wisconsin's where they make a ton of cranberries, right? I thought it was. Massachusetts and I think Wisconsin. I think that's the other state. Like there's two states that are known for cranberries. Good old Massachusetts and possibly Wisconsin. It's like some other random Mm -hmm. place you were like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, But I think it it smells like cinnamon. I don't know if it tastes like cinnamon. Let me me taste it again. Matt's tasting now though, so I have to keep talking. (laughs) Yeah, hibiscus-y, cinnamon-y... I don't really taste any of the fruitiness. I get the hibiscus and the cinnamon. Yeah. It just tastes like hibiscus cinnamon to me. Yeah. I don't get much of a plum flavor. I have found that plum plum can be tricky with tea. Because you bought me that plum tea, mm-hmm. which I've been drinking a lot of recently, actually. Um, I had kind of not forgotten about it, but neg- I was neglecting it. Oh, wow. But I've had it twice. You have in the to last, call like, tea perspective uh, 
T Protective Services on you. <laughs> TPS. Uh, I've had it a, a few times recently, and I've I've really started to enjoy it for what it is because it's also not that plummy. It just isn't. Like I just think plum is not a good. It's just. I mean, it's just not a strong enough tea flavor. I think. I think it's because it's not as sweet as like maybe some other fruits that like they just throw in apple chunks to like yeah. make up for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't taste plum in this like really yeah. at all. I don't know if I get a cranberry vibe. I also don't get a cranberry vibe, uh, even though I'm from Cranberry Town. Um, and I have cranberry sauce at least once a year. <laughs> I, we only, I feel like we normally have cranberry growing up at Thanksgiving, but we do now because my sister-in-law likes it. Um, it's great. It's like dessert. I used to eat cranberry sauce as a snack when I was a kid. Straight up, year-round, it was a snack. From a can? From a can. Uh, we'd, we'd open a can of it. It comes out in a, oh, can in, a shape. in a can shape. And then, like, you'd slice off some of it, like, a, I don't know, an inch. I don't know if that's an insane amount of it, but, like, some amount of it. And then just, like, put it on a plate and eat it. <laughs> It almost looks like you, it, the amount you take, the amount you cut off and the shape of it almost looks like you like plop like a thing of wet, like cat food onto yeah. a plane. Yeah, I've it's, seen it. It's about that. Well, like even just like the amount is like probably like a tuna can yeah. height amount. And I would just eat it and it was very good. Um, and I, and then we just like keep it in the refrigerator and then I would like the next day I'd take another, you know, inch chunk of it or whatever and eat some more. <laughs> I cranberry sauce is great and I don't think that has anything to do with being from cranberry town I think that's just me being a weird little boy who likes to eat cranberry sauce straight and I still like it would you put it on anything or just just on a plate as a snack I was just eating it straight I was just eating like cranberry jello basically yeah um I didn't even it has like it took me a long long time to realize people put it on food uh, I don't think I started eating it on food until I was at least like in college. Mm-hmm. Like even at Thanksgiving, I would get it and I would just like, it was like another side. Yeah. But I didn't like, because now people will put it on their turkey or on yeah. their mashed potatoes or whatever. And um, yeah, I'd still, I would just eat it as another thing and I'd eat it on its own. <laughs> I have made like actual cranberry sauce from scratch. It's fun. The mm-hmm. cranberries start to pop as they heat up and you mix the sugar in and it gets all syrupy. Wow, sounds like you're from Cranberry Town. <laughs> I am from Cranberry Town. Cranberry Town, Lancaster, Ohio. Um, I like it when they pop. Yeah. I recently, oh, I recently made, um, um, kubacha squash seeds, and you knew they were done when they popped. Like you could hear them pop, and that's like the sign that they're done. And I was like, the whole time I was like, are these popping? Are these popping? Are these popping? And then they started to pop and it was so cool. And you were like, oh, this is this popping. is the popping. And I was on the phone with my mom and I like made her stop talking and listen to the popping. And she's like, oh, that is pop. Shut up. Shut up. I'm going to listen to the popping. Shut up. <laughs> it was so cool. Um, yeah. I, I apparently like it when things pop. Please don't pop the microphone, though. Sound pop. levels. These styrofoam things on here are supposed to keep them from popping. And also prevent wetness from getting in the microphones um oh, let's go back to this tea <laughs> all right tell what did, did you want to talk about it um i just like we we tasted the ingredient well we talked about the ingredients so i guess we can we can talk about the question 
Oh, I actually do want to say something. I really appreciate this label where they just check things off. I feel like it's very, uh, probably saves, uh, paper. Um, well, if you can reuse the bag and save nine cents. Yeah. That's also great. Yeah. But also like the label where it's like, has all of the choices. Yeah. It tells you all of the information, which sometimes when something that you just write the name on something, it doesn't give you all of the information. Oh, yeah. It's got a lot of check boxes. That's yeah. good. And I, I appreciate it, but I also appreciate that it's not specific. So there's not waste. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I like the general home homemadeness of it. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a really random thing for me to say that I like, <laughs> but I like when coffee shops um, buy blank cups and stamp their name on them. Mm, okay, I think it's I think that's kind of crafty. It's probably also so much cheaper than getting like custom print cups. Yeah, and and I honestly think it's better. I like it better. Mm-hmm. If Starbucks stamped every one of their cups, uh, that'd be cooler. And also, by stamping their own cups, I also mean during the holidays they would have to wrap it, wrap the... it with an entire yeah. uh, Christmas uh, relate Christmas adjacent thing. Uh, and during Christmas time, your drinks will take twice the amount of time because we have to uh, do all the decorations with I, these stamps. I now, I as someone who's usually not in a rush, um, because I'm I'm a very on time i'm a very shows up early kind of person so i'm rarely am i rushed would not mind if starbucks needed time to do this in fact that would be a thing to be like to even show up even earlier so i could like watch the person stamp my cup (laughs) in this scenario though they got to be stamping them in the morning so really we're just putting more work on the opener the opening barista oh well i i guess i wouldn't mind watching them do it in real time (laughs) oh my god i also i have this dream of mine We'll see if I ever make this happen. Um, but I want to I wanna be one of those people who has like plain gift wrap, like just brown paper, wraps gifts, and then stamps on them. <laughs> I want to be that person. And that's a, that's a more crunchy thing than I think people expect from me. <laughs> uh, but I think that would be cool. And I, I just need to get in the right... I don't wrap enough gifts. <laughs> I am. Um, I have too much. I have wrapping paper. I have so much wrapping paper. I can't speak for the stamps, which I'm sure looks amazing, but I am often impressed by the people who are able to wrap gifts in like newspaper or brown paper and then use like bows and stuff and they mm-hmm. still look beautiful. Very pro. I could probably do the newspaper one. I haven't done that. I used to do that a lot. Uh, in fact, I had a company Christmas party or like my company would do like a, you know, a Yankee swap or white elephant style thing and and uh famous for 50 percent of all the gifts to be wine or booze or mm-hmm. something and uh i always 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 would forget to buy a gift for this and mm-hmm. then i'd show up to work that day and i'd be like oh gift so off day <laughs> and um and again you're not buying it for a specific person so then i would go to the um like liquor store around the corner or whatever in mm-hmm. massachusetts wine beer and liquor can all be sold in the same place yeah and i would go and buy a bottle of something and then i would go and find like the free newspaper (laughs) like the metro or something like that and wrap it in that and that was always a telltale sign that mine always looked like booze and was always wrapped in in a free newspaper (laughs) um yeah wow yep that was me i was pretty lazy about it all (laughs) you just gotta get a bow uh no (laughs) 
Um, sometimes. Although I think I did. I think one time my uh, my coworker did have like a bag of bows, and I just like took one from them, and I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> um, I used to watch Project Runway a lot, and they would always have one challenge where you had to make stuff out of trash or out of not normal fabric items, and newspaper oh. was a good option. The derelict collection. Sure. It's a Zoolander. In, in Zoolander, they had a whole thing where they were. They were modeling, you know, the premise. Have you seen yeah, Zoolander? I have seen it. Well, the whole model, the whole show they're modeling, the big modeling show is for the Derelict Collection or Derelict. Uh, and they're covered in trash. <laughs> um, but it's trying to show that models do like that kind of weird stuff. Yeah. I wonder if that came after before, like the Project Runway idea. Obviously, the show came after Zoolander. But yeah. I wonder if that idea came from Zoolander or, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. They normally like do like one thing where you like can't use regular fabric. You can use newspaper or use like go a, shopping. A duct tape dress. Yeah, like one time they went to the Hershey store and you could use the Hershey store materials. <laughs> what a sellout. Um uh yeah. Um yeah. Cool. Matt. Emily. <laughs> Jinx buy me a Coke. Matt. Matt. Yeah. Matt. You stopped talking, so I don't know if you were doing the jinx thing where you stopped no, talking no, until oh, someone no, says no, their no, name no, three no. times. No, no, no. I'm trying to do another bit. <laughs> oh. uh, Matt. Is this... <laughs> Is this fava tea? I wanted to say it at the same time. I was going to have us both just say it. Okay, okay. Matt. Well, I'll hold it in the middle. Is... All right. Three, two, two one. one. Emily. <laughs> I was going to start with your name. Okay, I'll start with your name. I got to fix myself, though. Yeah, Emily fell out of her chair. <laughs> Emily. Matt, is this Fava Tea Company Cinnamon Plum Herbal Tea your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? That was... Thank you so much for asking <laughs> emily can't handle this part uh thank you so much for asking matt um it's my cup of tea though it doesn't taste like cranberries mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh it's not my cup of tea because i don't like it <laughs> i'm sorry that you don't like it i i've said this before and i'll say it again i'm not a huge hibiscus fan and there have been counter examples on this podcast but generally not my, not my, not my flower for tea. <laughs> if you put hibiscus in, I'm just like not that into it. I do like cinnamon and maybe some of the other ingredients. And I do, I think the reason I don't like hibiscus because I don't really like tart. I don't like tart beverages. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike tart things. Um, I like rhubarb, a good rhubarb pie, or just straight up rhubarb, which I've also had. <laughs> um, lemonade, which is also sweet but also tart. And lemons in general. I like lemons. Mm-hmm. Tart things. I can like tarts. I like the thing, the the pastry, a tart. <laughs> but I don't like tart beer mm-hmm. or sour or tart beer. And I don't really like sour or tart wine. Uh, wine, also true. Or tea. <laughs> um, I just, that's like, and that's kind of why I don't like, I don't like white wine because it's just like, I don't like the sweet, the sourness and the tartness of, mm-hmm. of that. So I just don't like drinking uh, sour things. Sour Patch Kids are great. I love Sour Patch Kids. I love Sour Patch Kids. Uh, but yeah, I, sour beverages are not my thing. 
Okay. Anyways, one thumb up, one thumb down. I'm going to take another sip of tea. Please do. Also, it's not like a horrible tea. It's just not. This is definitely not my cup of tea. And I don't I don't even say that that often on this show. But. You don't. It's one of the first times where I've said that it's my cup of tea and you said it was not your cup of tea. Yeah. Really switching roles here. <sighs> this is a big day. Do you think this would be better as an iced tea? I think the hibiscus would lend itself towards iced tea, but the cinnamon. Now, hibiscus is, I think, is actually more commonly an iced tea, but I also don't like it as an iced tea. <laughs> I don't well, like, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. from, my, my, from my perspective. I'd say it's probably better as a hot tea because I like hot tea more. So mm-hmm. if I'm going icing to, a, icing a tea is always, almost always going to be a downgrade for me. Mm-hmm. Um, not always, but a lot of the time. <laughs> so I'm liking hot. Same movie. Tea talk done? Tea talk complete. Um, it's my turn. Yeah, I mean, you don't start talking. <laughs> Emily, um, unless you want us to do our topics at the same time like we did the question. <laughs> Emily, uh, okay, so we've talked about tea. We've talked about being friends. <laughs> extensively. <laughs> extensively. Let us get to topic time. Uh, when we don't have a guest, you and I each bring a topic. And your topic is the first and smaller topic. Um, we call it the mini topic. Mini top? Mini top or the MT for really short. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is, but I'd love for you to tell me right now what it is. <laughs> okay, I'm going to wait to tell you until right now. Okay. My topic is baking. And I realized when I was telling my uh, seed story that I was talking about baking. Wow. Um, and you don't mean getting high. No. I, in fact, uh, do not mean getting high. I mean baking up some cookies, mm-hmm. baking up some other foods. Baking. Bake, bake, baking. Um, Any kind of, is it a particular kind of baking? If I bake, it's most often I'm baking cookies. Mm-hmm. Although I bake other things. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I bake those, those uh, not pumpkin seeds, kombucha squash seeds. Um, but I recently, last weekend... Last weekend, two weekends, it doesn't matter. I had a baking weekend, baking <laughs> weekend at my friend's place. It was last weekend. Thank you. Uh, a baking weekend at my friend's place in Providence, Rhode Island. Shouts to Sally, um, whoop, whoop. um, and Katie and Keith who were also there, but we were at Sally's house. Um, and we made whoop, 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 baklava whoop. and macaroons. That's what they're called, I think. Macarons. Macarons. Macarons are like the French, the little cookie things. Yes, those macarons. Uh, macaroons are the coconut things Ugh, that are bigger. No, the French and, ones. Oh macarons. God, I love macaroons. <laughs> I also love coconut. See, that's my problem. Um, but it was really fun, mm-hmm. and my team beat the other team in our baklava challenge, which was a pretty big deal. Whoa. Um, and I think it's because you know, sometimes you just you might have never made something but you got natural skills i'm saying i got, got natural got skills. Those skills um but no really I, I enjoy baking i like i like following a recipe um emily, and I, emily once made cookies for a party i threw even though i gave her a lot of shit that she would never make me cookies <laughs> the peer pressure was real i'm sure <laughs> um you got your cookies okay <laughs> they arrived and they were good yeah they were good because i'm a good baker um but i love to bake cookies most of all because I find them to be a the best food to share, and b I don't love cake very much because mm-hmm. I don't like icing very much, mm-hmm. and I never think to make pie even though I make pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving. Um, but it's not really something I I think to make. Um, 
So I bake a lot of cookies when I bake. What about brownies? Um, I've made brownies. They're good to share. They're good to share. And I prefer them to cake. But I think I uh, I just like to bake cookies. I, I will. And I have. I once made really delicious red velvet brownies. They were so good. Mm. Um, you did that thing where you made your eyes twitch. They're and good. Way, and when people talk about things they really like. And then they're, you know that thing? Yeah. It's a pretty common thing. I just did. I know. Well, I'm saying you know almost to the audience as oh, well. Okay. <laughs> um, you you all know at home what I'm talking about. But something I like to do when I bake is to do recipes that are a little more interesting. Like, so I don't normally just bake chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. I I have baked. I like. I made uh, carrot cake cookies. I just knocked my phone on the ground. Everyone oh. heard it. <laughs> um, um, and I like to make, um. I don't often like to make the same recipe twice. Like I made cinnamon roll cookies a few times, but I, I haven't made cinnamon it since. Cinnamon roll cookies. Yes. And tell you, me more. I would love to tell you more. It's basically just like a regular cookie recipe, but you use applesauce in them, which I think is fun. Um, and then you f- like roll it out with a uh, rolling pin and you s- put on, you like put sprinkle cinnamon sugar mixture and then you roll it up. Mm-hmm. So there's like a spiral. Okay. And then you cut it into like half inch sections and you cook oh. that. So then when they cook, they get look like cinnamon rolls. And then at the end, you put like a glazing on them. Um, now that you've made me uh, carrot cake cookies, I want these cookies. <laughs> these sound very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. They were good. I made them a few times. I have a picture on my Instagram somewhere. Shouts to my Instagram. Um, I Emmy Riggs. Yeah. I ha- make um, a few years ago, I made a bunch of different Christmas cookies and I probably won't have the energy to do it this year maybe i'll do it after christmas um i have a, all right i'm gonna i'm gonna i want to i'm gonna put your feet to the fire okay name your top five cookies that i've made ever mm-hmm. top five uh snickerdoodles are my best cookie by far number one snickerdoodle um so we're going top to bottom we're going best to worst yeah <laughs> snickerdoodles uh my carrot cake cookies are well loved so too how do you feel about them that was a Wait, that was a coy way of talking about it. I don't love them as much as other people love them. Okay. Um, I like my pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. Pumpkin chocolate chip, three. Um, so you you don't think your carrot cake are as good as other people think, but you still think it's your second best, personally. Oh, no, I put them further down my list. Oh, okay. I was thinking of other people. Okay, but people like your snickerdoodles about, more than like your carrot cake. Yes, cookies. my snickerdoodles are very good. This mm. is a thing about baking that I like and I was going to bring up, but I often bake solely just because I... I know I'm going to get compliments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, bake for me more and you'll get more compliments. Have another party and I'll make you more <laughs> cookies. Um, number four. Number four. Oh, God. Um, oh, I make these Linzer cookies. They're like little sandwich cookies. What is what is what you just said mean? <laughs> um, they're, so they're basically two shortbread cookies kind of, but you put raspberry jam in the middle. Ooh, I like And this. they have like, they're like, I have like a, a set of things that they're like little cookie cutters. And there's like oval ones or heart ones, but then at the top, you like, there's like a hole in the top. I know, yeah. You yeah. can buy them like thinking sometimes yeah. in like a vending machine. And then you stuff. put powdered sugar I, on top I, of them. I, those, that's, these are all great cookies, and I can't wait to have some more of them someday. <laughs> Good luck. Um, <laughs> number five. Uh, what's my number five? Um, and why haven't the cinnamon roll ones been on here yet? <laughs> I haven't made them in so long, although I did really like them. How well received were they? <laughs> they were well received. I would say, um, I would put, I would put them up there. I'm trying to think of some other cookies that I've made recently. Um, this is fine. My gingerbread cookies are good, but oh, I don't use molasses. Um, hmm. 
because mm. when I went to make them, I didn't have molasses and I didn't feel like going to the store because I'd already been to the store. And I looked up a recipe that said gingerbread cookies, no molasses. Interesting. Um, um, I uh, Okay, so you've named top fives. Yeah. I agree cookies are maybe... I think cookies are the best among the best or the best category of food if you're just going to bring something to like a party a dessert i think cookies are probably the best cookies and brownies are both tops because they're small enough Mm -hmm. i feel like cake is so daunting (laughs) like if you want cake cake is great but to be like like i'm not I guess when I go to like a birthday or like, I guess I don't do this as much as an adult, but like when you, there's a, I mean, I guess it still happens, but birthday cake is so unappealing to me in a way where it's not that I hate the cake. It's that I have to be in the mood for cake. And I mm-hmm. feel like if you just ate dinner, you don't want to eat a whole bready yeah. cake thing. Yeah. But if you just have like cookies or brownie, you can just have one little cookie, one little brownie. They're smaller than a piece yeah. of cake. They're less of a challenge. You can just put it in your hand. You yeah. Don't, you don't need forks and plates. Yeah. Uh, Cookies are great. And in fact, I went to Thanksgiving this year and there was like a couple of pies, um, a couple of like chocolatey things, a couple just like, you know, I don't know, random Thanksgiving stuff. And then there was just a a bowl of cookies and it was like apparently from they apparently all homemade. I I actually didn't know if they were homemade or not because it was like an assortment. And I was like, well, you wouldn't just make an assortment. But I found out it was like made from some sort of cookie exchange thing where Mm -hmm. like everyone ended up with an assortment, but like a bunch of different people made them or something, something along those lines. I might be getting the details wrong, Mm -hmm. but I was like, the cookies are the best thing at dessert because I just had like two different cookies and I was like, they were great and they were homemade and they're awesome and they're easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love pie, but yeah man the cookies i i have a new i'm i'm on cookies now <laughs> i'm on team cookie <laughs> i've always been on team cookie um one cookies that didn't turn out as good as i wanted them to and it still makes me sad and i need to figure out a way to make them better is i once tried to make chai tea cookies do it again um do but, it again so i got the recipe from taylor swift but she she led me astray for the one of the first times ever mm, but not the last time mm-hmm. <laughs> she's never led me astray except for this time um i don't know she came up with that one song <laughs> which one <laughs> me <laughs> oh yeah that was bad anyways um and it the recipe just said to use like to sprinkle in chai tea leaves like not to like brew them but to like mm. put the leaves in but then i think it made it crunchy and had a weird texture and yeah i, I want to figure out a way to make them where you like brew it beforehand you mix it into the batter and it tastes like chai tea yeah uh soft cookies or firm cookies depends on the cookie but never really that firm. I prefer a softer cookie, which I, is why I like so I bake so many fruit-based cookies because they make them they have a slightly different texture. Like my pumpkin chocolate chip cookies are much softer, a little cakier because the pumpkin makes it cakier. Mm-hmm. Cuz pumpkin is a fruit, a classic fruit. It's a gourd, baby. Yeah. A seed holder. Mm-hmm. Some might say. It's got seeds in it. It's holding them. It's just kind of they just kind of float around on the inside, but yeah, they're in there. <laughs> There's they're a lot of emptiness in a pumpkin is all I'm saying. That's true. It's a big it's like a if you cut them open they look like a cave yeah no weird anyways <laughs> um how did the baklava go um i had actually never had baklava before this or I, like, I love baklava. um and i never made it before mm-hmm. but it turned out very well um we made a chocolate baklava the other team made it more traditional baklava but both were delicious they weren't too nutty too walnutty, which was my fear whenever I've tr- thought about 
um, having it in the past. I don't think of them as I don't think of them as nutty, even though I know there's nuts in them. Yeah. Did your chocolate one have? Was it like a layer of chocolate, or was it chocolate throughout? Chocolate throughout. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't. I've never had that. Um. I got my love of baking. This made me think of this, and this can be the last thing I say is from when I was in 4-H. I did a lot of cooking projects, um, nutrition projects, and I um, found a love for baking there. Um, and I can make breads. I used to. Ooh. Uh, from scratch Ooh. Um, and I once made this phyllo dough like little cup that that was really good and I mm. made English muffins isn't that such a strange thing to make English muffins I, I yeah I've been eating them for breakfast, breakfast this week and I'm thinking I, I've been opening them up and I'm going like these are weird well like just like a thing like you normally just buy them at the store yeah it's a weird thing bread to too yeah I buy most of my bread at store I've never made it I try to make pretzels oh. one time <laughs> That didn't work out. Check out my YouTube channel for the time I try to make pretzels. <laughs> I think I gave you a tip on how to make it better, but I can't remember what that tip was. I'll never try again. <laughs> uh, that was a classic example of not being good at any kind of baking and thinking I could just do this thing. Although, I t- I mean, sometimes when you're following directions exactly, you, you kind of just want it to work out, but that is not what happened. <laughs> I think there were, you know, sometimes when they just tell you like approximate directions and that's like when I can't figure out. Like when they're like, dip the thing in something. I'm like, dip it in how much and for how long or whatever. Yeah. Because I think there was a thing was like, dip it in oil. And I was like, you got, you're really leave, you're leaving me out to dry when you just say dip something in oil. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I look forward to having some more baked goods now that I know it's one of your favorite things. I don't think I knew it was this high on your list of things you liked. I don't know if it's this high on my list. I haven't done it as often recently. Since, I've been we, since we met <laughs> yes uh, even before that when i lived in new jersey slash my first apartment in new york i baked a lot and then i kind of stopped because i started doing improv around that time oh. and had less time to you're baking your comedy you're getting yeah. that kind of baked no but just kidding <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um you know i gotta do one thing that gets me compliments and right now it's improv mm. i gotta stop complimenting your improv start complimenting your baking more <laughs> uh, next time you do improv i'm gonna just shit on it um, That's probably not true. I would be so upset. <laughs> I know. I know. I'd feel so bad. Even if, even if I was like joking or if I was like, remember when we just talked about it, I'd still feel bad. Um, But I, I do wish I did it more, but it, it is time consuming. That is the thing. Even baking cookies mm-hmm. because the actual mixing of the batter actually does not take that long. But then you have to do so many different batches in the oven like you can do 12 at a time and then take it out, let it cool, put 12 more in, let it take it out, let it cool. And I only have one small cooling rack and it doesn't ever hold enough cookies. Wow, life's hard. It's always messy. The cleanup takes just as long as making it because mm-hmm. I can't just dirty up five dishes. It's like all of my entire kitchen. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of powders, mm-hmm. a lot of wet things. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I wish Anyways. you would bake more. And I'm not for my own sake, but I, I don't, whatever. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> I wish you well in your baking future. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Next time I bake, you're not getting anything. Please. I'll give you comments. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> topic done. Topic complete. Wow. Baking, a mini topic. Unexpected. I feel like you could have talked and talked and talked. I know, but it was a mini topic mm-hmm. i kept it contained we're done talking about baking forever and ever never talking about it again <laughs> matt i just had my mini topic yeah. you got your big top cir- big top circus uh topic next i got a real three ring circus yeah. two two ring circus really i'm the what i'm the oh. big ring you're the small ring okay um 
Matt, what's your topic? <laughs> what a weird pause. <laughs> like you forgot the question. <laughs> no, I didn't understand what you were doing. Uh, do my lap on my lap counter mm. so I can figure out how long the episode is. Inside baseball. Here we go, everyone. My Matt, topic, what's your topic is sketch comedy. Whoa. Wow, wow, wow. Well, it came up in last week's episode. I talked about it a little tiny bit, but I was also holding myself back because I knew this was my topic wow, wow, wow. for uh, this episode because uh, I decided my topic reasonably ahead of time this 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 week honestly impressive um well i think i'd wanted i'd want to do sketch comedy for a while it had been on my mind but i it's been really on my mind lately so what is sketch comedy matt what is sketch this comedy? is the first part i wanted to talk about sketch comedy it is short written comedic pieces uh it is unlike improv in that improv is unrehearsed, unwritten. You're just making it up as you go. Sketch, a little like improv uh, in that it te- typically is scenes of, that are three to five, generally three to five minutes long, but it is practiced. It is rehearsed. You wrote it down. You probably went through multiple drafts of a thing. You did not make it up on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um it is what you would catch on a show called Saturday Night Live. SNL, baby. Uh, some people I do know think that, uh, I mean, there are people who think that that is improvised or at least lightly improvised. Although, it's my understanding that there is hardly any improvis- improvisation on Saturday, Saturday Night Live. Don't they read off cue cards? They, all the things have, yes, they have cue cards for basically everything. Although, some people still flub lines or go off script. But, apparently, that's generally not how it go- is supposed to go. Um, yeah, if you ever watch, if you ever watch the cut for time Saturday Night Live sketches, um, which actually means cut because they weren't funny enough, but, um, <laughs> a little, little, uh, <laughs> uh, check on the code of what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Um, because, so what, so when they do like the cut for time, they put them on YouTube, what that, those are, and I've read that people are confused as why this is happening because it's a live show. How do you cut for time? Well, Saturday Night Live has they do the entire show twice on a Saturday night. Yeah. The first show you can actually, you can go to, um, I almost went one time I was in like the standby line for it. I did not get in and you watch basically a whole Saturday night live with a bunch of extra sketches. The ones that, so they call it cut for time because they are trying to trim it down to the, whatever it is, hour, hour and a half. I don't yeah. Know. Um, and they're trimming it down, but, they're not trimming it specifically like they aren't cutting the funniest ones. They're cutting the least funny ones yeah. so they can make it under time because they usually cut like three or four, I yeah. feel like sketches. Um, and so they're, you know, they're just trying to get the audience reaction and see what's good. But if you ever watch them on YouTube, it is from the pre, cause they tape the first one. It's a rehearsal yeah. for the cameramen and stuff and the editors and all that too. Um, but yeah, you can catch them on YouTube and because they don't, they know it's not the official one. Mm-hmm. Characters break more often. If mm-hmm. you like characters breaking, watch the cut for time sketches. And also they check the cue cards way harder. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like I, sometimes you can tell they're reading off cue cards on the actual show. But if you watch the cut for time ones, like, oh, they're constantly glancing yeah. over the cue cards. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's all, it's all written down. And... Uh, they're not skits. 
the classic complaint is that people call sketches skits. Mm-hmm. I've actually been thinking about this recently. Uh, okay, a bit. B-I-T. B- another, well. A kind of comedy. It's yeah. when people are just joking around, basically. Yeah. I have a bit. It's this dumb thing. Isn't this a dumb thing I have? Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe my dumb bit is that I switched the first letters of a first name with the first letter of the last name and I turned them around. You'd At- be... Remily uh, Egan's. <laughs> Isn't that a funny bit that what I just a funny bit. switched your name around? What a wacky bit. That's a bit. It's just it's you've barely done any work. You have a you have an idea, but there's barely an idea there. Yeah. You're like, Isn't this a funny goofy thing? Or whatever dumb thing you have. Yeah. You say a weird word or you have a weird cheer. Those are all bits. Yeah. They have been thought through in some small, tiny bit, <laughs> a tiny amount. A skit. I would say is slightly expanded a slightly expanded on bit. Mm-hmm. I would call like who's on first a skit. Okay. Because it is a joke. It is written. It is thought through enough to have planned all the who's on first nonsense. Oh, but who's whatever, you know, all that. But it kind of lacks like even though they're even though they are playing characters, it, it for my money it kind of lacks a lot of the character that you'd get on like a Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah. Um, that's, and it's just like a present, uh, a skit is a slightly fancier presentation of a joke, okay. which is why skits are also, you'd find them on albums. Like there might be like a little skit where it's like, Oh, look at this funny little yeah. thing. And it's like barely anything. Yeah. And they just kind of did it or whatever. And sometimes mm-hmm. skits are even on albums are just like a couple of the people in the band joking with each other. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, those are more skits in my mind where a sketch is like. A movie that is just four minutes long. <laughs> you probably put a lot of. I mean, sketch sketch comedy for my money is usually got a lot of effort put in. Uh, I have some counter examples I could get to maybe later, but generally, sketch is like a well thought out planned thing. I mean, Saturday Night Live. I mean, these people are spending at least a week full time as a full time job writing. You know, a handful of sketches total. Yeah. Uh, you're really working out. You're cutting out the fat. I mean, I tend to think skits, you're not really cutting out the fat as much. <laughs> Although, Who's On First is a very clean and straightforward thing, but that's the most famous skit I could think of. Yeah. Um, which is also why I think like a lot of uh, older comedy tends to be more of these skits, which I think is why the term skit is so like well-known um, in certain circles of people. Like, Because I think certain kinds of comedy like skits were the thing and then sketch sort of came along maybe a little later although sort of the same time but is like just a slightly more refined version of a skit but people conflate them because what i just said to everyone probably doesn't sound like i made much of a difference differentiation between any of those things uh skit feels like a little sillier like yeah oh you're a little skit that you're doing yeah and i do think yeah i mean i think that's generally why people complain when they get their sketches called skits is because it sounds like dumb also i think skits are typically like a repeated thing like there's not that much ownership over a skit mm-hmm. like when i was in the boy scouts and we would do these weekly campfire things we did skits and they were the i didn't write them like we were just performing some thing and it's like performing a song or something like a well like the ants go marching or something yeah that's not a, i'm not saying that's a skit but it's like i didn't write the ants go marching yeah. it's not my song i'd say skits are sort of a shared thing in that way where there's like all these little skits you can learn and do them in front of a campfire. And there's some like little joke about it. Mm-hmm. But no one has like real ownership. There's no real voice to it. All that stuff. So I think of it as like, I definitely think of skits as a lesser thing. 
I don't throw my arm. Some sketch comedians get all up in arms about it, but I did want to at least address that they are not the same thing. They're not thing. the same thing. Um, Matt? Yes. How'd you get into sketch comedy? Okay, great question. I've oh, been, thank you. I've been doing sketch comedy for many years now. Man, seven or eight You're years. so old. Uh, <laughs> so I, I've liked sketch comedy for a long time. Uh, I was, I used to, wa- I did used to watch Saturday Night Live when it was on like reruns on Comedy Central. So I'd watch the, like, um, Adam Sandler years, that kind of era, like early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, um, through, I guess through all the nineties, but most of that, most of the earlier stuff. Uh, which is how I know how like who a lot of people like David Spade are and all and mm-hmm. all that Chris Farley. Um, so I'd watch all that. I also used to watch the Upright Citizens Brigade sketch show from the late '90s, early 2000s, um, which is actually how I found out like about the the theater that I now take classes at and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I was like watching the, t- the the original TV show back then. Um, I also used to after school I would watch. Um, uh, Kids in the Hall, uh, uh, sketch show, which is also by Lauren Michaels, but from the Canadian uh, team of people. Mm-hmm. That show was super wacky. Um, and actually, that's my counterexample of unprepared sketch, but I'll, maybe I'll talk about that <laughs> later. Uh, but I used to watch all the, a lot of the sketch comedy, um, you know, and then like la- later in life, I guess I did, I got into like Chappelle's show mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So I've always really liked watching such comedy. Oh, and I would watch Mr. Show, uh, the HBO show at the time with Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. And I also, that was like a huge, and I was Scott Ackerman. Well, yes, he wrote for that. Yeah. But I know just, well, the show was actually a, the full name of the show is Mr. Show with Bob and David. Mm-hmm. Uh, hence the, the two yeah. leads. Um, and we can go back and talk about Bob Odenkirk a little bit in a little bit. <laughs> um, but I, uh yeah i loved all these shows fast forward a couple years i start doing comedy i'm doing stand-up comedy and then i get into improv i take class at ucb uh upright Citizens brigade theater etc uh but uh when i had just been doing improv for about a year and i should say actually i started improv in new york but while I was living in Boston, I came to New York, yeah. did a week of improv, then moved back to Boston, and then did stuff at Improv Boston. Yeah. And then I had done a year of improv, and after a year, a friend of mine was like, hey, uh, well, we're trying to put together this sketch show. You do improv. Uh, do you want to be an actor in it? And I was like, oh, sure. <laughs> I did like had no practice. I'd never yeah. done any of it. But I was like, well, I do comedy, and I guess I do improv, so let's yeah. do some sketch. And... Uh, that sketch team's name was uh, Dictator's Time Machine, mm. which I always thought was a way more clever name than we were ever given credit for. <laughs> I didn't even make it up. I just think that's like, that's like, what if, like, because if you have a time machine, would you go back and kill Hitler? I think it's funny. That it's the dictator with the time machine. I don't think anyone else thought it at, through it. Uh, I thought it through a lot more I than most it's a good name. Would. Yeah, it's, it was a good name. And we were a team for two or three years. And eventually I started writing my own stuff for it. Um, cause I would always pitch people ideas. Like I always had good feedback, I thought. And I was like, oh, I should write some stuff. Mm-hmm. And without having taken a class or anything, I just started writing, uh, what I thought was fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I knew enough improv, like rules of like how to like make something funny that I was doing it. Although I used to write sketch back then that was like, that I never put on stage. And I realize now like, oh, I'm, 
Like I've gone back and read some of that stuff. I was like, yeah. oh, that was really bad. <laughs> um, but we used to, we were an indie independent team, so we weren't affiliated with the theater. At the time, Improv Boston did not have any official sketch teams. Um, but my team was probably as close as it came to because we actually performed. We had a couple of monthly runs where we would we would do like a, sh- a sh- uh, we would do the same show every week yeah. for a month, and we did that a couple times. And um, we I remember one year we were like the most we had like the most shows of any team any sketch team at the theater because we yeah. just did so many of them. Yeah. Um, and I did like a couple other other like one off shows. Um, I was in I was in a Saturday night Saturday Night Live style show called Current Eventuals which was like a, the whole thing was it was written in a week and or written in a day. We did it both both ways. <laughs> uh, and there would be like sort of desk piece, like uh, weekend mm-hmm. update style stuff, but also sketches, mm-hmm. but all based on like the news. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just sort of did some scattered uh, shows. Yeah. But uh, the sketch scene in Boston was not very big, or at least improv Boston. Like it was not considered... Like it, like improv was way more yeah. front and center, which is also kind of true in New York. But uh, New York has a much bigger sketch comedy scene. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so that's how you got into it. Mm, yes, my beginnings. Your beginnings, your origin story. Um, yeah. Um, how? So I have only ever taken one sketch class, um, and it was too much homework. Yes. So this um, is this is the problem with sketch yeah. is people. So the team I was on, I was on it, me and a couple of people were on it solidly for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there was a real membership retention problem. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's like people's personalities not matching up. I don't really want to get into all that. But uh, I'd say even bigger aspect of it is the work. So improv, you just show up and you make (laughs) some stuff up. What a dream. (laughs) And a lot of people who get into sketch started, even sketch like acting, start with improv which is exactly what i did um but you have to rehearse and you have to make rehearse and and you have to make shows like that's the whole thing like if you do improv and you can't make a show you're like oh sorry guys i can't be at that show yeah no big deal because there's not you know you're not letting anybody down really (laughs) um but in sketch like if you get sick or whatever it's like oh we're missing an actor like all of a sudden we have huge chunks for show like so rarely i think feel like people miss out on that stuff um, but people would constantly leave cause they're like, oh, this is too much work. Yeah. Um, and that is like, I still feel like the fact that I do as much sketch as I do now, I'm like, oh, I work, I, I do feel like, oh, I probably work harder than most improvisers. <laughs> like anyone who's just doing improv. I mean, there's certainly people who do the whole hustle and yeah. do a ton of improv, but I'm like, I definitely put more time in my sketch than most people do in their comedy. Cause I have to do a lot at home. I'm doing rewrites and yeah. I have to sit at a computer and figure out what's the best way to word a line and all that stuff. And there's, yeah. And I have to, like I have as many rehearsals as an improv team might, but I have mm-hmm. to show up with stuff. Yeah. And if you're an actor, it's even crazier. So like right now I'm not doing very much acting. I'm mostly writing, but uh, if you're acting, I mean, you've got to be memorizing lines and that's, takes a lot of time if you're trying to learn a whole 30 minute show yeah that's a lot of dialogue you gotta learn yeah um and also be worrying about like costumes and uh, all that stuff yeah so yeah people oh yeah so we were always replacing people on our team 
our, cause we were also an indie team. So like people were like, Oh, well I'll do one show. And then they leave. Yeah. <laughs> we had, a t- we had so many people, we had more people do one show than mm-hmm. we had people do three shows like ever. Like yeah. it was like, Oh, that was fun. Goodbye. <laughs> um, which near the end I like started not caring as much. Cause I was like, okay, whatever. We'll just do one and done shows. But mm-hmm. for a while we, we do like a month run and it's like, Oh, well we need the same, like, you know, people. six people to do this, all these shows. Cause we don't want, be switching roles around too much um but yeah i think that's a lot of people's like deterrent is the extra work yeah um what um what do you like about sketch comedy versus improv like what do you think its benefits are in terms of just like humor oh i have proof that i did something (laughs) okay i improv it lives and then it dies it goes Mm -hmm. away I think this maybe started, I had an observation that I was like, if you just do improv, if improv is your only kind of comedy, you may have already said the funniest thing you'll ever say, and maybe nobody ever heard it or ever will. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah, there's no proof afterwards. There's no script. There's no, uh, I mean, you can videotape improv, although taped improv is not very fun. Where a taped sketch can be, is fun. I mean, yeah. Saturday Night Live is taped sketch. Um but I like having the documentation, the written script, the PDF that I could send to somebody and be like, look how funny I am. <laughs> and they can just read that and it's true. Yeah. Where improv is just so whatever. And um, and also there's, I mean, I love improv. I love doing it. I love watching it. But there's something about sketch that if you write a successful sketch, it's like, wow, that was a really good job you did. Yeah. Because um, I've even done, I took a class once that was sketch to Im- or improv to sketch. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was with one of the members of the kids in the hall. And uh, you, what you would do is you would improvise a scene with people and then, you, then you'd take that thing you improvise and you'd write it into a sketch. Yeah. And the first thing you learn <laughs> is if you just take the sketch you did and write it basically word for word down, it is not funny. <laughs> it is so, it's, there's just something about improv about it being made up yeah. on the spot that like gives it such a benefit of the doubt and gives it such a thing and you go oh that's silly or whatever like oh they did the they did such an amazing job with nothing yeah. where sketch everyone knows you wrote it down so mm-hmm. if you write down something dumb and then perform it dumb people are like why did i just watch that dumb thing yeah um but that's how that is how so that i found out from this the kids in the hall the tv show was sort of uh well, it was based on them being a team that performed at a theater and they did a new show every week and every week they would do this improv to sketch thing. And they'd basically just come in, kind of work through it. Like they'd have premises and they would just yeah. like improvise them. And then like, if it was good, they would just like practice their improv and then rewrite and then fix it. And then they would put up a show every week. And according to them themselves, they put up a lot of bad shows as well. <laughs> but then they ended up doing this really silly TV show, which was great and probably came out of these like, really dumb premises and yeah. like dumb way of, of rewriting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I do like, I mean, that's literally why I like doing it. Cause I have the proof. <laughs> yeah. And cause you can kind of, you also can direct things however you want to direct them. Yeah. Can't control an improv scene always. Cause there's two people making stuff up, not just one. Right. Sometimes seven people making stuff up at the same time. Yeah. And there's, a, I mean, there's a collaborative nature to sketch too, but mm-hmm. it's like also more formalized where like in improv, your scene partner can't just turn you go like, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if we did this instead? But if you're in a writer's room, people can really like pitch ideas, pitch ideas. You know, you have your director to help give you ideas. Uh, the actors can give you ideas. Um, 
I love it when an actor makes a choice I wasn't expecting them to. Like if they're like put on a voice or something and I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about them being that kind of character. Yeah. Or them talking with that kind of slang or something like that. Yeah. Because um, when you're writing your own sketch, you're kind of writing in your own head. You're reading in your own voice. You're typing your own stuff. Mm-hmm. You just like it's a whole different thing once you actually hear people reading it live, and you're like, oh. I mean, pretty much every sketch I've ever written, the first time I'm like, I hear a whole chunk that I'm like, oh, that was stupid. Why did I put that in there? Once I hear other people say yeah. it out loud, yeah. Uh, keep that part in your brain, Matt. <laughs> um. In terms of the sketch comedy writing process, which I will outline as writing it, <laughs> writer's room, rewrites, rehearsals, show, mm-hmm. which do you think is the most, taking the show out of it, what is your, what do you think is the most interesting part of it? Not the, your favorite, but what, what do you think like helps the well, sketch the most? Well, it's funny that you didn't say, you said excluding the show, because I feel like the show probably informs you the way most, because you write it the first time and you go, this is funny in my own head. I like this. Then you bring it to a writer's meeting and everyone reads it and you go, oh, that people liked this part. People didn't like this part or, and people didn't understand this third part. It's usually between like, those are the things I write down. I write notes. So we're all reading it. So basically in a writer's room, you would take the sketch uh, you're in a room with a bunch of people at, all right, to back this up when you're a person like me <laughs> who doesn't have, uh, uh, you're just doing like small theater sketch comedy, just a bunch of writers. We all get in the room. We assign the different parts to different writers from the sketch and people just read, read through the sketch. And I put, I write down my notes of how people react. I either write down people laughed at this people explicitly didn't laugh at this or people did not understand this thing. And so then I know like, Oh, like do more of the stuff people laugh at, do less of the stuff people don't laugh at or just cut it out and also clarify the stuff that confused people. Yeah. Then I'll bring in another draft to another writer's meeting. Hopefully it's better. I'll get different feedback, etc. I'll bring it in a couple, couple of times probably. Usually I bring in two sketches for a three hour meeting and and that's usually, usually it makes sense. Like you're, re- you're, you're reading through it and you're like, okay, these notes all make sense. I get where you don't like it, where you do like it, whatever. And everyone has different tastes. So you also like learn people's tastes. Yeah. Then, uh, and that's like, I guess that's the most straightforward part. Cause honestly, like sometimes people will surprise you with what they don't get, especially if it's like a reference. You're like, oh, you don't, oh, I thought everyone knew that one yeah. random thing. Turns out only half of all people are aware that, you know some sort of stereotype that exists and then uh and then you give it to like actors and then they start just reading it maybe acting it out a little bit but just like reading it straight and then you you might like add a couple things and like actors tend to like be like oh i have a joke and then you might learn another new joke but it's on it it's not that much different from a writer's meeting i mean you're concentrating more on the acting and less on the writing part but you're still getting kind of the similar feedback yeah um and all throughout this also your director is giving you kind of notes mm-hmm. um at each step of the way and i'd say like the first time you really see what's going on is like when the actors get it so then that's like another interesting bump up is mm-hmm. like oh okay now you're acting it out and i see what is dumb or i see like oh i didn't give you enough action to be doing like oh it's just two people talking to each other instead of 
you know, oh, they're in, they're walking around somehow or they're mm-hmm. cleaning up or whatever they're doing. Yeah. It's always good to give people stuff. It also helps actors learn lines because if they have a physical thing to do, they can memorize the physical yeah. action with the, uh, the line that they have to say. Yeah. But then I'd say actually the most interesting I'm usually at something is seeing how an audience reacts to stuff <laughs> because man, oh man, you never know how they're going to react. I mean, sometimes you're like, this is so funny and they don't even do anything. Or you just think something's a throwaway line and people lose it on a line. And you're like, oh, wow, people got this way, were way more into this than I thought. Um, sometimes people groan at stuff you never expected them to groan at because, like, you don't realize that you touched a nerve that is actually yeah. sadder than it is happier or something. Yeah. Uh, I'd say groans. Groans when you didn't expect to groan is the craziest reaction. You're just like, oh, wow, you really had that reaction of that okay oh um i mean it's fine and then you learn but then yeah you really i think that's how you really figure out stuff and then if you're lucky enough to put a sketch up a second time (laughs) like then you get to adjust for how the audience felt yeah um not that you should put a hundred percent of your faith in the audience but if enough of them like either react or don't react to a thing maybe like cut it out yeah um i'll say one thing that sometimes like you do in sketch is that you over explain a thing so you have the joke and then you have somebody explain the joke yeah. and sometimes you don't need to explain the joke and sometimes you put it and but you put the explanation in when you're writing it because you're like well we all get it but will the audience get yeah. it and then sometimes the explanation gets a huge laugh sometimes everyone got it on the first line and then you have this explanation and then that like falls super flat because like you just wish it wasn't there anymore yeah i've been backstage at shows before like where people are putting on my like my sketch or someone else's sketch and then like the line gets a huge laugh and in my brain i go oh i know there's like an explanation line next and then they and i i'm just like back there wishing they would skip the line (laughs) even though i know they're not going to and that would be like also a weird kind of unprofessional but i just like wish I could like zap the line out of their brain. <laughs> um, do you, Oh, I had a question. Oh, do you find that different audiences though might react differently to something? Like one audience might get the funniness. The yeah. next audience might be like, I need an ex- explainer. Yes. Yeah, so aud- audiences are very fickle in that way. And that's why I say don't, you can't ever a hundred percent trust them. But I do think if you have like a full enough audience, you can kind of trust them at least enough where you can probably start making some adjustments yeah. um especially if you had an instinct you maybe did or didn't need a thing like that's sometimes how when i think of the explanation I'm like explanation of a joke i think oh, do i need to explain this or not and then you do it and then you didn't need it and you're like okay well then goodbye yeah <laughs> i was right i've confirmed what i had already thought yeah um and sometimes you also just don't rewrite anyways you're like i like that they groaned there yeah um do you have a favorite sketch you've ever written uh, or performed in. I have a favorite sketch that I've written and performed in. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a sketch called Same Shirt. And uh, it's about these two guys who uh, don't know each other, but they walk into a bar and they see that they're wearing the same shirt. And they comment on that. And then from then on, it's just this, um, it just devolves into them realizing that they're like basically the same person. <laughs> um they order the same beers. They start talking in sync. They're just like super matching each other. And it's kind of a trippy scene. And I've also, it's also the sketch I've maybe gotten the most positive feedback of anything I've ever gotten. Uh, and I used to perform this one regularly when I was on an independent sketch team. Uh, although now I'm not on any teams like that. But maybe one day it'll come back. <laughs> we'll see. Um, 
yeah it was a super like heightening thing where like it was just these two outrageous characters that just yeah. got realized they were, more and more they were the same person oh yeah so i write so now i write sketch comedy for the magnet theater um i do not perform in my sketches although occasionally i'll be asked to act um but um the writing process i could go into where there's like several ways of writing sketches yeah there's the parody Mm. uh there's the just a premise where you just like come up with a funny idea wouldn't it be funny if uh let's see what's the sketch i wrote um wouldn't it be funny if the if instead of bond james bond facing off an evil genius he faces an evil person of average intelligence yeah and then you write that sketch and you just see where that goes i'd say most of snl is either that or parody yeah parody is obviously you're just taking a, a, a thing that exists and being like what if it was a dumber version of it like uh i don't know what if it was the night- nightmare before christmas but it was all uh surfer dudes or yeah. something <laughs> whatever that's a uh, write that one up somebody it's a free idea <laughs> um and then i find there's also just like super heightened reality so uh that would be like the two people mirroring each other so yeah. usually if there's a premise you have to say it out loud you have to say like in the sketch someone goes wow you're you're an evil person of average intelligence or something like that yeah you have to like have someone lay it out if you do a parody where we know it's the it's uh did i say the nightmare before christmas or what, yeah it, yeah what did i say i meant to say christmas carol <laughs> i'll stick with the nightmare before christmas um jack skellington and stuff um if if enough people the memorial day easter extravaganza <laughs> yeah if enough people know the original thing then yeah. you don't really have to like frame it in any way you don't have to explain it because people are like oh i get it it's like this but weird yeah um i mean i'd say like the adams family is like the is a parody of like a sitcom or or of like an average family yes Yes. like they don't really have to explain that they're weird ever you know they're weird yeah um so that's a way you don't have to explain what's going on Mm -hmm. i wanted to get that one out there (laughs) the adams family yeah um, and that's not sketch, but although I, one might say all the little moments that happen in the Addams Family are almost like little sketches. Sometimes you can have a narrative sketch show where like all the little beats are their own separate, their own sketches. separate things. And the Addams Family like is a lot like that, where there's like, oh, there's this one where Wednesday and Pugsley are trying are like trying to kill each other or whatever, and it's like its own little segment. Yeah. Um, sketch comedy. Um. When you write, do you find, how do you get your ideas? Slowly. <laughs> Slowly. I usually just, sometimes I, I, sometimes I do force myself to write and then I'm like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And like, I'm very susceptible to writer's block in that way. Cause you're like, what? I don't know. What do I write about? What's a funny thing? Um, so like if I'm in a class or if I'm on some sort of deadline, like I, I do sit in that world where I'm like, what's a funny thing? But my preferred way of writing is just having some sort of epiphany of a dumb thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> writing in my phone, and then that's a premise, and then I think, then it's time to go write, and then I am go, let's check my list of dumb things I wrote down, <laughs> and then I go, oh, that's kind of a funny idea. Like, my my not my evil, not really a genius idea was like that. Like, I put it up at the Magnet Theater, this is one of my sketches, but it was like a dumb epiphany I had, like, 
I think I was probably watching a James Bond movie or, yeah. or something. And I was like, what if it was just a someone's dad? I think that's like what I thought. Yeah. Like the original premise was like, it was just someone's dad who liked watching football and yeah. stuff, drinking beer and like average Joe kind of stuff. Yeah. And they were also like, but their day job was being an evil genius or evil whatever. Uh, and then that became a thing. Often my ideas, often the original idea and the final idea are not the same idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll say like, for me, something is going to get at least like six to nine drafts. Mm-hmm. Usually if I do three, if I do three dra- two to three drafts and people don't like it at all, then it's done. Then yeah. I'm like, you're out of there. But if I'm going to put something on stage, it usually does get, end up getting like eight drafts because I'll re- I'll do a rewrite after every like rehearsal that we do, or like mm-hmm. w- there'll be like little tweaks um, throughout, and they're not full like like the first couple ones you rewrite a ton of it, but yeah. then as you get like later and later, yeah. you just are tweaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Man, I hope this I hope this was somewhat cohesive of a topic. <laughs> I think it's cohesive. Good. Um This is my story of sketch writing. I suppose there's a whole world of uh talking about sketch that isn't the sketches that I wrote. <laughs> that's true. And my experiences um, and stuff. Do you have like a theory of writing or you just whatever suits you in that moment? Part of my theory of writing is sort of I was kind of getting at I could have more elegantly talked about it, but the whole premise versus parody versus heightened reality yeah. stuff. Because some people are a little regimented about how to write sketch mm-hmm. and have these very specific ideas. So I, I, I think that learning when you're learning how to write sketch and you're getting the tools to do everything, it's good to follow some rules. Uh, one big one at like a lot of uh, theaters, the Magnet Theater, UCB Theater, some other places, is to write about with game in mind. Mm-hmm. So the, what is the game of the scene? What is the thing that we're trying to repeat? Yeah. The funny thing we're trying to like do over and over again. If you're watching Debbie Downer from Saturday Night Live, everyone's going to be happy, say something fun, and then Debbie Downer is going to say a downer move. Yeah. That is the game of that scene. Is the easiest, <laughs> one of the easiest scenes to describe. And you just do it over and over. And I agree that all, basically all sketch has a game. If you like lob me a sketch, I can probably figure out the game of that sketch. David S. Pumpkins. Um, every time they uh, see him, they're like, what's this guy's deal? Um, what <laughs> are some like other that. sketches? Uh, uh, I guess the game is actually, so David S. Pumpkins is a non-traditional spooky thing and it's confusing. <laughs> um, that's how I've, I'm describing both him and the characters. Yeah. I guess you'd probably say... Mm, you'd say confused. I guess I'd pitch the premise of that as confused uh, haunted house goers meet uh, absurd, un- absurd, un- absurd, unexplained monster. <laughs> uh, I guess I, that's a hard. It's a hard one to sum- summarize because I feel like there's a few. There are a few different things going on. It's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's certainly a game there. The repeated thing of like. They keep seeing this thing that they don't understand and they have to keep asking questions about mm-hmm. it. Every 10 floors or so is this weird guy. <laughs> um, but uh, I'd say as you get, I, I like pushing, I like pushing the idea. Like you want to, you want to surprise the audience. That mm-hmm. to me is the biggest thing. And you never want the audience ahead of you. Yeah. And 
sometimes when people are playing the game now on david's pumpkins maybe people i think people get ahead of the game but not ahead of the jokes yeah and that's the difference in that but a lot of times you want to like not hide your game because you want people to know what's going on but you don't want people to be able to predict what's funny because the funniest thing is the unpredicted yeah and as soon as you can predict it it's not funny anymore yeah um so actually my favorite kind of way of writing is the sort of heightened reality we're almost not explaining the game but you realize the game is like oh these outlandish characters are being outlandish yeah um which is which is what a lot of parody falls in it is what the adams family falls under um it's uh what my thing about the people convinced they're like the same person sketches like because it's like well we all know what going to a bar is like and this is nothing like going to a bar so that's what's weird about it like um and i actually like that stuff more where there's no there's no person being the voice of reason aka straight man yeah it's explained sort of on its own and Mm -hmm. you don't need a person to jump in and go like just so you know the funny thing is this yeah and i that's like my favorite way of writing right now at least i want to i don't i i'm trying to avoid having that uh, person explain it which is ironic because i am in improv so often the person explaining (laughs) why something is crazy um but i think there's a tack to that because you have to you still have to convey what's weird to the audience yes uh i just like avoiding making the person say it yeah (laughs) um and there's nothing wrong with it happening it's just my personal taste is to skip over that right now there you go but if it still needs it i still put it in there you're flexible i'm a flexible person yeah i just want to get i just want to make the best sketch in the end isn't that what we all want it's what we all as want. a viewer that's what we want um well i think i've talked long enough even though i didn't i didn't get into the sketch the sketches i like but it's okay <laughs> what's your favorite sketch of all time um I think my favorite, like, my favorite popular sketch that a lot of people know is the, uh, which is good that I mentioned this, is the Chris Farley Van Down by the River sketch from Saturday Night Live, where he's like, he's just, the repeated game is that he lives in a van down by the river. It's famous for all the actors breaking throughout it because they're in it and they thought it was like the funniest scene they'd ever Mm -hmm. been a part of. Uh, It is written by Bob Odenkirk, who is why I wanted to get, sort of get back to him. Uh, when he used to write for Second City in mm-hmm. Chicago, which is also a sketch um, theater. Um, and they brought that sketch on Saturday Night Live. And I do think it is like one of the perfect sketches to ever exist. Uh, I'd say my my favorite current, more current, well, it's not that current anymore, but uh, Key and Peele uh, have a sketch, I think it's called Cat Poster, or something like that, where it's a parody of... Um, the usual suspects yeah where there's a famous scene in that or actually i guess it's throughout the whole movie where the kevin spacey hashtag canceled is um (laughs) he's the criminal but he's being interrogated and he's lying to the interrogator by Mm -hmm. looking at things in the room and coming up with by the way spoiler for the usual suspects he's lying about (laughs) Uh, his story but he's using details from the room to help inform him so he's like not a great liar but he is using this like artistic way of doing it and he convinces the guy he didn't do it and then the guy turns like there's a moment where he realizes oh all of his statements were things in the room mm-hmm. he realizes he let the criminal go mm-hmm. in key and peel they do the same thing where like but he he keeps looking at this one cat poster and he keeps like his name was hang in there kitty or something like i'm getting the words exactly yeah. not right 
not exactly right but it's so funny just like seeing him try to do the usual suspects thing yeah. but kind of being bad at it yeah <laughs> and the other cop or the cop who's like interrogating him is like i know what you're doing it's it, i won't spoil the ending of this one but it's a very funny sketch right. key and peel is my favorite sketch show there you go it is it took a while for me to find a for me to get a favorite because that show is fairly recent but yeah. god key and peel is so funny i will watch a key and peel sketch any day of the week um, I've seen a few of their sketches. I ne- never watch it regularly, but the one where they go to the moon, mm-hmm. classic moon heightening sketch. They're, um, they are so fun. Everything they do is so funny. Um, and they write UCB style. They mm-hmm. write game and all that stuff. So that's it. That's good enough. Great topic. Thank you. So speaking of sketch comedy, I write for a sketch team uh, at the Magnet Theater I called ask for plugs, yes. Souvenir. <laughs> And we are having our best of season show at 8.30 on January 9th. That is a Thursday night at the Magnet Theater in Chelsea, New York, Manhattan, 29th Street. I don't know the actual exact address, but it's between 7th and 8th Avenue. (laughs) And you will be, I'm putting up. It's closer to 8th Avenue. I think people need to know that. Yeah. It's not between. It's much closer to 8th Avenue. Sure. But it is between. It is between, but it's much closer. Um. It, uh, I'm just trying to give it an approximate block. And, uh, we were putting up the best sketches of our season of our, of the, uh, since September through December, we're putting up our best sketches okay. and we'll see what, uh, one I put up. I, I don't even know yet to be honest, although I probably will by the time this actually drops, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it should be a good time. It's the whole night is, uh, all of the magnet theaters, Sunday night, live wire sketch teams. Be there or be square. 7 o'clock, 8.30, and 10. But really, make sure you're there for the 8.30 one. <laughs> but if you want to make a night of it, that might be fun. <laughs> um, yeah, it's cool. We get, uh, we're, yeah, we're the house sketch teams of the Magna Theater. Well, it's a fun time. I've seen them perform many times. It's true. Love them all. Very funny. Fun people. We've had a couple on the podcast. Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Emily, did you have anything you needed to plug? I don't have anything to plug plugs over then unplug um, the plug bag unplug it no plug bag uh, hey well that's been uh the end of this oh this is like the day after christmas by the oh, way oh happy christmas <laughs> merry christmas everyone i think this is the it's 26th of matt December. and i rushed back yeah we yeah we're here we are in the studio uh, we were here on christmas day recording this. um merry christmas ha- happy holidays uh happy happy, happy kwanzaa holiday. happy new year although we'll have well we'll have another episode in a week which will be like the day after new year's um uh, this is truly is the day after christmas uh my birthday's in 10 days well uh is it 10, 10 no no it's not 10 days 26th uh, oh wait the day after for some yeah. reason all right whatever happy right. birthday emily five days until the end of december five plus six uh, for some reason i was thinking christmas day but yeah i don't know it's between i'm not sure how many days it is but it's coming up it's so close to my birthday <laughs> happy birthday emily yay that does it for us i've been matt armando i've been emily riggins and this has been tbd with matt and emily thank you bye bye